This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. If you're there, say hey. You liars. Come on. Joshua chapter 1. If you're there. Where are my digital Bibles? iPhone, iPad. There you go. Awesome. Anybody got a real Bible? Am I the only mature person in the place? Yes. I just lost my Bible backstage for a minute. I was panicking just a little bit. Lost my notes and my Bible. I found them. We're good. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. You got to understand the context of this story. This is a story about God's people, the Israelites. In the Old Testament, uh, there was this journey and this struggle between freedom and slavery. And God's people, millions of them, were taken into slavery in a country of Egypt. And they were led by Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, and there's this struggle. God's people, in the middle of this, were put into slavery. And they had been promised that someone would deliver them, someone would free them. And for uh, hundreds of years, hundreds of years, they battled with hearing the stories. God's going to send someone to save us. God's going to send someone. God, And they'd pass it down to their children and their grandchildren. And they'd sing their songs and they'd read their text and they would tell the stories. Hang on, I know it's rough. I know we're getting beaten. I know uh, you've never seen freedom. You were born into slavery and your kids are born into slavery. But this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This wasn't the way it was. I remember, I remember hearing stories from my great-grandfather, what it was like and they grew up in a culture of slavery. God sends this man named Moses. He calls him. He uses him. We're not going to unpack that story today, but the least qualified God uses. Well, you know today, God doesn't use the qualified. He calls. Uh, he doesn't qualify. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And when God calls your name, he qualifies you. Some people think, I'm not educated enough. I, I don't have the, same, the right last name. Maybe I don't have the right economic background. Listen, if God calls you, he qualifies you. I am the least likely person that should be on this stage today. You've heard my story. Speech impediment, riddled with fear, didn't want to do anything like this. Listen, God, when God calls, he qualifies. God has a call on your life. In business, in education, in entertainment, in, in, in parenting, in, in ministry. God has a call on your life. He can qualify you. Moses goes in and God uses him and they get delivered. And, God, and Moses marches millions of people from slavery to freedom. They go out in the middle of that. They're dealing with relationship issues and, and understanding who God is. And all of a sudden, they come to the place where they're supposed to go to where they're promised, this land that was promised, a land that was free, a land with good stuff. And the first time, they failed the test. Did you know you can fail some tests? High school, best six years of my life. Come on, somebody. You can fail some tests. And it said they wandered for another 40 years. And then they come up to this opportunity in Joshua when God goes, okay, I'm going to give you another opportunity. Can I let you know this? That God's job is the timing. Our job is the preparation. And when they merge, you have this beautiful intersection of momentum. Listen, I want to let you know, some of you can't control God's timing. Man, when's Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright going to walk across my path? When am I going to get that promotion? When's someone going to recognize my ability? Listen, you leave the timing to God. Our job is the preparation. The first time, the Israelites weren't prepared. They didn't have enough confidence in their God or confidence in themselves. And God brought the timing for them to go to the promised land but they weren't ready. This time they were ready. We pick it up here in Joshua chapter 1, and Moses is leading God's people. And all of a sudden, God has another plan. We pick it up in verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, Moses just died. God said, Moses, let's go for a walk. They went for a walk. He said, listen, you've come this far, but you're not going over to the other side. You can see it. It's just across this river, but it's not your time to lead. I'm going to use another person. It says that Moses died, Lord's servant, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. 
Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan into the land I am giving them. I promise you, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, beyond land, I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. That's, that's a good promise. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, to the left, in a box to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. That's preparation. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Then only, only then will you prosper in all and succeed in all you do. Verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and Courageous, do not be afraid or dismayed or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. My friends, I just want to encourage you this morning. God is with us wherever we go. Whether it be an auditorium, whether it be a cafeteria, whether it be a cafetorium, God is with us. Can we pray today? As you're taking notes today, can I encourage you to take notes? Take notes in church. Because what you learn on a Sunday, you might need on a Wednesday. When all of a sudden you feel like you're, you're not strong, you're not courageous. Write it down. If you're taking notes, this title today, I want you to write down this title, Trust Issues. Look at your neighbor and say, you have trust issues. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your help. God, thank you for every face here today. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us. That, God, wherever we go, you're with us. Whether we're in this building or in our home, in our work, no matter what industry we are in, no matter where we find ourselves, you have promised that you're not a God of a church building. You're the God of people. And, God, we thank you that, as Nancy said, you are personal today. So, God, we love you and thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. I want to let you know that uh, I have trust issues. I don't know if I'm the only person who has problem trusting. Uh, like when people say to me, close your eyes, I have a surprise for you. Come on, somebody. I never close my eyes. My kids were three or four. Close your eyes. I always peeked. If you ever ask me to close my eyes, I'm going to peek. Why? Because I have trust issues. I refuse. When I'm home alone, I still lock the bathroom door when I have a shower. Where are my people at? Come on, somebody. Like, no one's in the house. The doors are locked to the house. But I will not take a shower and be vulnerable without the door locked to the bathroom. Like if there was an axe murderer in the house, a locked door would stop him, right? But for some reason, why? Because I have trust issues. If we ever go hiking, I will never be at the back of the group. Because every movie I've ever seen, it's the guy in the back that gets picked off. Come on, somebody. True story, I, I was living in, in Africa for a bit. I was in Nairobi one day, and there's this reptile zoo farm something. And we're going through these, this, 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 these boardwalks and trees and marsh, and it was alligators, right, behind fences. And it was like, this is cool. I'm in the back of the group because I, I hate reptiles. I'm afraid of them. I'm afraid of squirrels and everything dangerous, right? And I remember walking, and I remember looking back, and this little four-footer of alligator crocodile went across the path behind me. I walked up to the guide. I'm like, so how many of the alligators do you let free? I'm like, oh, no, none are free. They're all behind the fence. And I remember thinking, if they don't know about that one, 
<laughs> they might not know about the big ones. And I got in the middle of the group because I thought, you can't get me in the middle. Why? Because I have trust issues. I don't let my arm hang over the side of the bed when I sleep at night. I'm a grown man, soon to be 43 years of age. But I will not let my arm hang over the... Come on, somebody. Why? Because I have trust issues. Today, I want to talk to you about some trust issues in your life. I look both ways crossing a one-way street. Because I have trust. I have trust issues. The issue of trust is everything in a relationship today. Now, whether you know God and you have a journey of faith or maybe you, you don't and you're new to this, I want to let you know that every relationship can be defined and evaluated based on trust. You've heard it said once you lose trust, you lose the relationship. You have to start over. Maybe you've said, man, I have to earn trust back. You can love somebody and not trust them. There are some people in this room, I love you, but I wouldn't give you my bank card and my PIN number. Hello. Come on, somebody. There are some people on our team that I would not give you access to my Instagram account because you would mess it up. You would post that and bear Come on, there are some people you love but you don't trust. I'm also the guy they would never leave their phone with because they love me but <clears throat> they don't trust me because we have trust issues. Listen, I want to encourage you today. I believe, much like this story we read today, that what God wants to do next in their life and in our life comes down to the issue of trust. I, 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 this is not a line, people, but I believe what's next for this church I believe what's next for your life is so remarkable, so breathtaking, what God has planned. But it comes back to, do we trust God? God wants you to trust him. The issue of trust is everything in relationship. Let me read Proverbs. It says this in 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. I believe what God wants to do next is directly tied to our ability to trust him. Can I encourage you that today? What God wants to do next is tied, can you trust God? The book of Joshua that we just read and we started reading is the greatest next step at this point in history. You have uh, people in 300 years of slavery, and God wants to move them from a slavery mentality and a slavery position to a place where they become owners of their own destiny, their own future, their own land. The Bible says that the land was flowing with milk and honey, which means there was provision. To me, it sounds like a lot of cows and bees, but to them, that sounded like a good place. I'm afraid of cows and bees. I'm afraid of everything outside at this point. I like indoor. Wi-Fi is my safe place. Come on, somebody. And God wants to do this next thing. It's the biggest transition from where they were to where God wanted them to be in history. And God wanted to teach them and get something through to them. They had an opportunity. See, they had been distracted and delayed. They were called to go from, I think it was something like within two weeks, you could get from Egypt to the promised land. But somewhere in there, they got distracted and they got delayed and they wandered for 40 years. Now they're at this moment. This Jordan River is in front of them. And on the other side, they can see the land promised, and they had been distracted, and they had been delayed. But now there was something in their heart saying, we will not be denied. My friend, I want to let you know, when God promises, something can rise up inside of you going, I may be delayed. I may have been distracted in my 20s, and my 30s, and my 40s. I may be in my 60s now, but there's something rising up inside of me. When I hear what God says about who I am, when, he, when I know who he says I am, something inside of me says, not today. I will not be denied. I'm going over. The rest of the story goes on. They go over this Jordan River. And there are cities that they could never beat. Uh, armies they could never. And God steps in and delivers it. There was this one city named Jericho. The walls fell down. 
They didn't fight against it. They didn't put a weapon against it. And God fought battles for them. Why? Because at some point, they had to deal with the issue of trust. Going from being slaves to becoming owners. Go from being oppressed to one with a destiny. It deals with the issues of trust. I love how God starts this next phase. They're moving from slaves to one of destiny. They're moving from a place where they were oppressed to this place where they could dream and their kids could be free and they could plan their future. Look how God starts this whole transition. In Joshua 1, verse 2, it says this. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. I like how God just cuts to the chase. See, you got to read the context here. God and Moses went for a walk in the mountains, and only God came back. It doesn't say this, but really God killed Moses. This is why I don't go hiking. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like God going, go to Peggy's Cove and look at the ocean and pray. Nope, nope not falling for it. Nope. No, I know my scripture. If anybody goes for a hike with God, only God comes back. Seriously, Moses like, everybody, millions of them, I'll be right back, going for a hike, going to be a great sunset, going to Instagram it, like it, it'll be on my story. He goes away with God. Only God comes back. I'm like, where's Moses? Never mind about that. By the way, Moses is dead. Nothing to see here. Move on. It doesn't say God killed Moses, but I think we all know what happened. God didn't beat around the bush. He just goes, hey, Moses is dead. You're up. You know what's interesting? God didn't ease into it. God didn't, didn't, God said, listen, here's the problem in this story. Moses wasn't just a man to these people. He was their leader. In fact, their trust was in Moses. They didn't say, God, what should we do? Moses was the translator for God. Moses went up this hill and God said, this is how I want people to live. And this is how they should govern their lives. And he came down and said, this is what God said. So they got used to waking up every day, much like my kids, going, what are we doing today? What are we eating today? What are we doing next? Why? They rely on Nancy and myself to translate, at this point, their lives. Moses dying at that moment struck fear into a people because their trust was in a man. Their trust was in the last 40 years. This is how we've done it. And when God removed Moses from the scene, all of a sudden it exposed some trust issues. But I want to let you know today that God wants you to know you can trust him. Moses equals trust. Moses equals they were comfortable. Moses is what they were used to. I've realized this in my life. People don't like change. Have you realized that yet? People don't like change. Even in our short history as a church, seven months in, it's amazing how we're a new church and things are always up in the air and changing. But we got comfortable at the last location. Well, this is how we do production. This is how I preach. This is what I'm used to for kids' ministry. This is how we do setup. And all of us, why? Because we are creatures of habit. Just change Facebook. People start Facebook groups, bringing back the old Facebook. Why? Because we don't like change. And when Moses died, it represented trust to these people. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. But that's what we're used to. But that's how it's always been done. That's what we trust in. When Moses says do it, we do it. And it's worked so far. What are you, what are you saying Moses is dead? Why? Because God wanted to deal with the issues of trust. God is more concerned with your calling than your comfort. I say this a lot. This is a theme for my life. But I want to let you know today, God is more concerned about your calling than your comfort. God didn't die for your happiness. God's not against happiness. Come on. But there is something greater than happiness. It's called calling. Calling over comfort. I believe comfort is good. I believe there are seasons of comfort. But if it ever comes down to God choosing between your calling and your comfort, he'll choose calling every time. 
God, at this moment, they were comfortable in the desert. They were comfortable wandering. They weren't slaves, and they were on their own, but they were comfortable in a limited mindset. They were comfortable with limited resources. And God said, listen, your calling is more important than your comfort. And if I remove the leader at this point, I want you to know you can trust me. Why? Because I, I, I love you, but I, I have a calling for you to go to a promised land, not a desert to wander. My friends, I want to let you know today, that God wants to choose your calling. Some of you, being a part of this church, is calling over comfort. Some of you, I talked to you, like, man, do you remember the old days when we went to church and sat down? <laughs> Sometimes we tell stories. Remember when we used to show up and just sit down? Remember those days? Remember we used to plug stuff in? It was all set up. Remember those days? Remember we didn't care if it was raining? <laughs> oh, remember those days? Yeah, those were good days. But something inside of us desiring calling over comfort. Comfort's not an enemy. Comfort's not wrong. But if it ever comes down to the two, God will always put your calling over your comfort. Why? Because he has a plan for your life. If you're uncomfortable, there's a chance God's using you in your calling. Here's the truth today. Is the next step for them was so big and so vital that God needed Joshua to know he needed to trust God and God alone. Oh, I'm talking to somebody this morning. Some of you need to understand you need to trust God and God alone in your relationships in your jobs, in your life direction, in your finances. Promised land opportunity is only realized when we walk away from desert-like thinking. Some things you can only walk into when you walk away from something else. Some of you need to get this today. Some of you have been doing this a certain way for 50, 60 years. Listen, God has something new, but you got to walk away from something old, and usually it's a mentality. Usually it's where your trust is. Many times we have, to leave, we have to leave, some things have to leave your life before something else can enter your life. What God brings into your life is what you're, deter, what you're determined to walk away from. Some people, God can't do anything new because you're so full of the old. Old mentalities, old prejudices, old routines, old thought life, old habits. And God wants to do something new, but we have to let go of something old. I want to let you know today, sometimes we have... Trust issues. There's this saying, you ever hear this saying, it's a leap of faith? Amen. Me and my wife met, true story, I met her, first time I ever talked to her, she was working at an airline counter, checking in flights. I walked up, I was like, hey girl. <laughs> I, she liked me, I could tell right away. First time I ever talked to her, she was checking me in for a flight in St. John's, Newfoundland. You know what, she didn't even upgrade my flight that day. But she upgraded my life when she married me. See, the girls, ah, the guys are like, what? Guys, that's why you're single, right there. <laughs> it's amazing. We dated for two weeks, and then we got engaged. I don't recommend that, but it worked for us. And we got 18 years coming up next month in May. Yeah, big deal. That's like six Hollywood weddings combined. It's amazing. But you know what's amazing? When people talk, whoa, 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 two weeks. I'm like, yeah, it's a leap of faith. Maybe it's a career choice. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I feel like to risk it all. I got a little bit of investment. I'm going to start this business. I'm going to go into this industry. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this job at a Fortune 500 company. I really want to teach. Or maybe I'm going to start this business from scratch. I'm part of something bigger, but I want to start my own. And they call it the leap of faith. You know another way to say that is a leap of trust. You can't separate faith from trust. They're the exact same thing. Why? A leap of faith means I don't know where this is going. A leap of faith is, I can't see where it's going to end up. A leap of faith is, I'm no guarantee this is going to work. But a leap of faith really is a leap of trust. I want to let you know, God wants you to know, a faith journey is a trust journey. We're closing in. I'll just say this publicly as a church. We're coming in on close to 100 people since we've started as a church saying, hey, I want to follow Jesus with my life. 100 decisions. That's a big deal. 
and I'm learning as, as, as pure as those moments are of raising my hand and going, I want to follow Jesus. It's another thing to trust him. And sometimes where the tension comes in and where people fall off and go, I don't know if I want to do this, is because a life of faith is a life of trust. It's one thing to like Jesus. It's another thing to trust Jesus. It's one thing to try Jesus. It's another thing to trust him. A leap of faith or a journey of faith is a journey of trust. Let me ask you today, do you trust Jesus? Or do you have trust issues in your life? Maybe it is in your relationships. You know, it's amazing. Some people are so busy looking back, they can't look forward. Psalm, talking about trust, Psalm 9, verses, uh, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, will never forsake, uh, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, which always represents what you can build. Others trust in horses, which is always something you can train. Isn't it easier to tr uh, trust in something you can build? I can build that business. I can build that resume. I can build those friendships. Maybe it's easier to trust in something you train, like an education. Man, I got more degrees than a thermometer. Come on, somebody. I, I've been in school my whole life. And you can trust in your degrees on your wall or the bank account you build. The Bible says we don't trust in what we can build or we can train. It says this. It says we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Trust issues. John 14, 1, Jesus was speaking here. And he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe or you trust in God. Now believe or trust in me. I want you to know today, whether you're new to this, you've been around for a while, our trust must be in him and him alone. The name Joshua means, as God came in and said, Moses was faithful. Moses was good. Moses did his part. But I'm moving on. Joshua, you're up. Moses like, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm used to being mentored by him. I'm used to his voice translating yours. I'm used to his style and his mood and his temperament and his jokes. I'm used to his style and his pace. And God goes, you're up. You know what the name Joshua means? It actually means God saves. We named our son Joshua because, listen, God saves. We believe that God steps into a situation. He can save us and help us. The name Joshua literally means God saves. Not Moses saves. Not education saves. Not past experience saves. Not that resume or that retirement or the people in your phone that you can call on a bad day. God wants us to know by this next step of God's people is the same with you today in our life that God saves. And that's where our trust is. And the whole people of Israel that were led by one man who was good now said, by the way, you're led by a man called God saves. Not a man. Not a history. Not resources. But God alone. Let me ask you today, do you have trust issues? Or do you trust God? One thing I've realized in my life is the longer you're in this, it's easier to trust what he's done than who he is. You've got to understand this. Sometimes you've been around this long enough, it's easier to trust in the blessing more than the blesser. It's easier to trust in what God's given you than who he is. In our 40s now, we're in a reaping season. We're in a sowing season where we're still building and planting and trying to get things off the ground, but we're also in a reaping season. Sometimes it's easier to trust in what God's given me. Man, I'm just thankful for my kids. God's given my kids and I trust in them or trust in my friendships or trust in my earning potential or trust in my education and what I've learned. Sometimes it's easier to trust in the blessing more than the blesser. When you're 19, 20, starting out, all you got is God. All you got is what's going to come. Like, man, i got to figure this out. Man, I just trust you. Leap of faith in relationship. Leap of faith in resources. Leap of faith in education or vocation. At 40-something, it's different, isn't it? At 60, it's different. It's different. It's easier to trust more in what he's given you than who he is. Why? Because sometimes we have trust issues. Let me ask you today, what do you need to trust God with? Some of you, it's direction. 
It's so, you're so busy looking back that you're missing of what could be. We have people looking back on relationships going, man, remember that? Remember that relationship? Man, I just really, I'm grieving that relationship. Some people, they're in their 40s thinking back to high school relationships. Man, I just wish I could go back and that's the one that got away. Or maybe it's a, a vocational relationships where people you worked with and we spend so much time looking back, we're missing what could be. I think it's because we have trust issues. I think sometimes with direction, we look back and man, I just, I just, I wish I could go back and capture that lightning in a bottle. Remember that win? Remember that huge win? Remember that business? Remember that, that year I led the sales department? Remember that year I had that great accomplishment? And we spend so much time looking back on what was, we miss what God wants us to do next. Even in finances. Sometimes we don't trust God with our finances. Giving is an indication of the heart. I want to just brag on you for a minute. Last week, was it last week? We took an offering for church planting. We're part of a bigger district of churches, and they said, hey, we want to give money to help more churches plant like Nova. We were the top giving church in three provinces. Come on, somebody. Your generosity. Your generosity. We gave almost 10 times more than they expected us to give because you're generous. But I want to encourage you today. Finances, giving is an indication of the heart. Some of us, some of you battle greed and battle fear of putting money even into church. Why? Because it's trust issues. I want to let you know today, God, our trust is not in finances or earning potential or resumes or LinkedIn profiles. Our trust is in God alone. Listen, where's your trust issues today? Some of you, it's relationship. You don't want to step out in a new relationship because of what happened in the past of being hurt. Some of you don't want to trust God with your kids, so you micromanage and you put them in a bubble. I want to let you know we can trust God with every area of our life. We can trust God. Joshua 1.9 says it this way. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Let me read Joshua again and highlight a couple verses. This is what God says. This is why we trust him. He says, God says, I have given you. He says, for I will be with you. He says to Joshua, I will not fail you. He says, be strong and courageous today. He says, I swore to their ancestors and I'll deliver. He says, I will give it to you. He says again, be strong and very courageous. He goes down again and says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. He's repeating himself because he wants to let you know you can trust him today. And then he finishes with, God is with you wherever you go. Today I want to let you know, God wants you to be strong and Courageous. What's the result of trusting God? Strength and courage. I believe in willpower. And I believe in self-esteem. So many people, they can't look in the eye. They just, the, 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 the laziness and, 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 and confidence. And they deal with all these things. But listen, there's something better than willpower and self-esteem. There's something better than self-confidence. It's God-confidence. The Bible says when we trust in God, he says you can be strong and courageous if you will trust in me because I will be your source. I, can I tell you, there's another level of confidence on your life when you know the heaven of heaven, the Lord of lords, the king of kings, the God that made you and called you and launched you. When that God is backing you, mm, you got a courage. You got courage no alcohol can give you. You have, you have strength that no portfolio can earn you. Listen, there is something behind you of strength and courage. If you're lacking strength or courage in your parenting, in your marriage, in your business, in your life, can I dare say, maybe it's linked to our trust issues. The Bible says when we trust God, the result is we're strong and courageous. 
God said, listen, you're going to lead. You're going to follow my command, and I'm going to give you all these things. And listen, three times, be strong and courageous. My friends, there's a confidence coming to the church of Jesus Christ in Halifax. People say, this is, a, this is a place where, I heard it yesterday, this is a reputation where churches go to die. Is that so? Maybe if you base it on talents or my preaching ability or a music ability or cafetoriums, that would be a reason for churches to die. But we are thriving. Why? Because God said, I will lead you. You can trust me. And I can't tell you, there's a strength and there's a courage coming over us like I've never seen. Three years ago, me and my wife were asked, I felt God asking us, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Three years ago, I was in a place, I'll be honest, life was very good, stable. Stability's not bad. Come on, somebody. Stable's a good thing for buildings. Come on. And finances and relationships. Stability is not the enemy of, good, of God. Stability's very good. Life was very stable. Come off some huge wins. God was doing some stuff. And I felt this frustration. I've learned this. God usually uses frustration more than anything else to get my attention. Some of you are frustrated. You think, get behind me, Satan. No, it's God. Why? Because your calling is more important than your comfort. And sometimes I get frustrated. And you know what? If you're never frustrated, you'll never do a budget. Until you're frustrated with your finances. Until you're frustrated, you'll never get your health lined up and exercise and how you eat. Sometimes frustration is a catalyst for change. I started getting frustrated. I started getting frustrated. And I felt like God said, hey, let's go for a walk. I'm like, nope, not today. I'll go to Starbucks with lots of people around. Let's have a talk. I need witnesses. But I felt God asking me in my heart, do you trust me? Coming on the age of 40, making it look good, by the way. I still got my hair. Thank you, Jesus. I bought it online. And, uh, it's awesome. But I was on this journey of going, will you trust in what you know or will you trust in who you know? God called us as a family to this journey of do I trust him? It was a radical question because when you trust God, you follow God. Left a salary to nothing, not, not a less salary to nothing. I had great friends going, okay, just hold up, <laughs> hold up. Whoa, 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 back up. The, excuse me, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm quitting. I don't know if, if Nick's here today, but I had a plan. Nick is a great guy in our church that runs a landscaping company. This was my plan. I'm going to quit my job, quit my salary, quit my, we had medical, we had a little bit of like retirement. And I was like, I can go work for Nick. I can mow. Mow money, mow problems. I can mow. <laughs> that was a hip-hop reference, and you might not have got that. Anyway, Corey got it, right? Mow money, mow. I thought, I'll mow. I thought, I'll travel maybe three times a year preaching, because that's all people really wanted me to come and preach, and some of you know why, because you see it every week. And I was like, I can travel a little bit, but I'll just mow and lay sods and maybe, maybe work a truck, but after last week's sermon, probably not, and, and I don't even know. And, and, uh, but God had other plans. Left a salary, one of the highest paid positions in the East Coast for what I did. And God goes, do you trust me or do you trust your paycheck? And I was like, I think it's my paycheck. <laughs> got two kids. It's one thing when you're 20 to risk it all, but when you're 40, you got kids. Thank God they got straight teeth, you know. They are a good-looking group, you know, but you got a mortgage and you got a car. It was a Ford, but it was still a car, and you got this stuff. And you're like, oh, God. And God was saying, I left, left a salary. Me and Nancy left a salary to nothing. Left a community for isolation. Oh, that was a tough one. God goes, it's just, just, you got to leave. It's not your community. you got to leave a community and walk away. Listen, God was saying, do you trust me enough that I will be your God? And I'll give you a people. I'm like, ah, oh, God. I had some trust issues. Left stability for the unknown. My kids are like, where are we moving? I'm like, I don't know. 
God said, we got to go. Josh was crying in the backseat, I'll be honest. He was much younger, much younger, not nearly as tough as he is now or mature or good looking. Because he understood the weight of this. I was crying in the front seat. And Maddie's like, Josh, what's the big deal? She was like eight. She's like, we're only going to move somewhere else in Beaver Bank. Josh's like, you don't get it. They're talking about New York. I'm walking through New York three years ago. Meh. Best city on the planet outside of Halifax. That's the right answer. Still really cool. Walking through a city. Interviewing at a breathtaking church. World famous church. On our anniversary, they paid for everything. That was nice. We had no salary, so that was nice. It's May. The Rangers had just come out of Madison Square Garden. Blue jerseys walking by me. It was cool. And I'm bawling my face off walking through New York. And Nancy's taking me by the hand going, come on, it's okay. I had a mental breakdown in Madison Square Garden three years ago. Why? Because I felt like God was saying, you can't leave Halifax. Do you trust me? I'm like, this job would be six-figure, 10,000 people in a church. It's New York. The pizza's really good. I'm like, this would be awesome. Mooseheads are awesome, but the Rangers are pretty good too, God. This would work. Left for the unknown. What's the plan? Don't know. And for a year, I got on a plane 150 times. And every time I landed in an airport, I said, God, is this my new airport? Is this home? He's like, nope. I have ministry friends that know that. That's how I thought. They, Did you find your home airport yet? I'm like, nope. I know it's not Gander. I can tell you that. <laughs> nope, no, it's not Gander. It's not Sydney, Nova Scotia. Great people, but no, 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 no. Every time I'd land in Montreal or Toronto or New York, left stability for the unknown. Listen, to follow God's leading is to trust him. You can't separate your faith journey from your trust journey. You can't. I've learned how to trust God with my kids. My kids are remarkable. They don't like me talking about them, but that's all right. I got the microphone. They're amazing. But they were God's kids before they were mine. She was God's daughter before she was my wife. Trust. Trust God with my finances. Walk with himself to nothing. God just blessed us. And usually blessing comes through relationships. And some people carried us. My mother carried us more than... My mom and God look very similar sometimes. <laughs> and friends and opportunities. Preaching in front of 50 kids and 5,000. I'm like, God, I don't deserve to be here. He goes, you're right. But just follow me. Trust God with my finances. Trust God with our future. This was not in our heart when we left. It wasn't. We spent a year grieving, and then we started dreaming. Listen, can I encourage you? What's the next step for you? What's the next step? If you're struggling today with trust, you know what's amazing is in this story, there's a river in front of them. They can see the other side. It's not that big of a trip. On the other side, there are cities that they can't fight bigger than they know. But what's amazing is the step to their promised land started with a step walking into water. It wasn't a cannonball. It wasn't into an ocean. It was a wading into a river. Usually a journey of trust and a journey of faith starts with a step. Some of you, it's raising your hand going, will you pray for me? And some of you, it feels like you're walking into a river going, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Let me ask you today, where are you struggling with courage and where are you struggling with strength? Could it be that's the area you need to take a step today? Some of you, it's your finances. I think you've been around here long enough. If you haven't, stick around. We're not after your money as a church. We give away the coffee, we, we do this, and we need finances to make this happen, but we're not after money. 
but I've learned this in life. God wants to know where's your trust. And I've learned in my life that if my trust is anywhere but him, he will remove it. Why? Because calling is more important than comfort. I want to let you know I'm on this journey, not fully there, but I'm on this journey to trust God with my finances and my family and my future and my mental state and my relationships. But where you struggle with courage and strength today, maybe that's where you need to take a step. Some of you, it's giving in an offering. It's going, you know, I'm going to trust God today because I struggle. I, 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 I want to hoard stuff. I want to greet them. I, I, I struggle with, and, and, and I'm not saying doing something stupid in the offering plate, but I'm saying somewhere going, I trust you, God. Maybe it's blocking that number you keep going back to, that relationship that's not healthy in your relationship. Maybe it's unfollowing them on social media going, I just long for that relationship or those days or that moment. I, I, I want that number to call me at night. I, and somewhere you're looking back and God goes, I have something more. What if the person of God's dreams is blocked by the person of your nightmare? Sometimes you got to take a step. Some of you, it's not what you, you don't know what you're walking to yet, but you know what you got to walk away from. And for me, I was in a great place, but my, it, wasn't, it wasn't where I was at, it was my trust. And I felt myself fossilizing and comfortable when God said, no, no, I need you to step. What's your step today? What's your step today? Is it relationships? Some of you need to move on. Give yourself the freedom to move on. Yeah, this is who I am. I'm defined by that divorce. It's okay to move on to what God has for you. Not an online website or someone trying to match me, but what God has for you. Some of you, your greatest win was in high school. It's time to move on. That business that failed, it's okay. It's time to move on. Some of you, it's, I don't know if I'll have enough to make it through. It's okay. Just move on. Today, where's your step today? Relationships, life direction, finances, those are the very areas that you have trust issues. God wants you, like Joshua, to make a step today and step out. Just step out today. Let me ask you today, do you have trust issues? Where do you battle fear and strength? Where do you feel the weakest and the most fearful? That's the area God wants you to trust him in. Some of your kids, I don't know. I got to track them. I got to keep them close. I can't let anybody get near them because they're going to make bad choices. No, to trust God. You can do more on your knees in prayer than you can do with micromanaging. Is it your spouse? Is it your finances? Is it your calling and your talents? I've learned in my life. I'm learning. I'm still walking through it. Do I trust him or what he's given me? My trust is not in Nova Church. It's not in what comes in the offering or how many butts are in the seats. I'm learning. It's in God. Whether we max capacity or some weeks, it's not. I'm learning. If I follow him, Courage floods my heart. Strength fills me. If you feel weak today, if you're feeling fearful today, God wants you to trust him today. Make a step. Make a step. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you for just for a moment. Father, I pray right now. If you just bow your head for a moment, if you say, Mike, there's an area in my life I'm struggling with some trust. It might be relational, financial. It might be directional. Can you slide your hand up so I know that I'm talking to somebody today? Yeah, you can put your hand right back down. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that, God, you said, you said, I'll not fail you. You said, be strong and courageous. You said, I swear I'll give you a better future than your limited past. You said that you'll be with us wherever we go. Today, God, I ask for every bit of finances, relationship, directional, Father, mental state, physical, whatever we're struggling with, fear, 
we're struggling to have the courage to make that step today, you would rush in. And God, may we leave here more trusting you than we walked in. Because God, you are good, and you are faithful, and you will lead us, and you'll never leave us. God, our trust journey is tied to our faith journey. And we don't only love you, we don't only like you. Today we want to trust you in all areas of our life. Father, I pray right now for next steps to happen in people's lives. Steps of financially, physically, emotionally, relationally. I pray for that. With every head bowed, one more time. If you say, Mike, I don't know Jesus. I want to start this relationship. We call it giving your life to Christ. It's, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, with means if you say, hey, I want to follow Jesus, and you believe that God is for you, in a moment a miracle happens. You stop doing life on your own, and God partners with you. He's looking for partners. And when he does, this partner takes your junk and gives you a future. He takes your shame and gives you a vision. He takes your sin and gives you holiness. And all of a sudden, God partners. He's like, I want God to partner with me with my life. I don't know this God. I don't have a faith. I want to pray for you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up all over this place. And then you're going to put it right back down. We're just going to pray today. If that's you, one, we're going to start a journey of trust and a journey of faith today. Two, three. If that's you all over this place, just slide your hand right up and right back down. One, I see that hand. You put that hand right back down. Someone else. One more moment. One more moment. Hey, put your hands down. Let's pray. Can we pray? Can we stand to our feet, all of us today? Everybody in this church, come on, let's stand together today. Let's believe today. Let's believe today. Father, I thank you for those who just made that commitment of faith. God, we thank you, Lord, that to know you is to trust you. To know you is to be led by you. And God, we thank you for where you've brought us, but God, we believe there is more for every family, every relationship, every business. Every person on the sound of my voice, God, you have more. And I pray today, as we trust, you are rushing with courage, strength, and hope. God, right now, forgive us for our sin and our pain and our shame and doing things our own way. And today we say we believe in our heart that you are God, and we say with our mouth, God, lead us. Father, I pray right now a miracle would happen, a new life, new relationship, and a new journey of trust and faith would start today. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Everybody said...